judging what's credible, confidence, doubts, and the ambiguity of life. I've often said on stream that if you know nothing about a topic, it's very easy for a person to present themselves as if they are knowledgeable and to have themselves sound convincing. Because your ability to suss out their bullshit will be effectively nothing. It's very easy for a person to put upon themselves the like a, a cloak of credibility to convince you of stuff that you because you know nothing about a topic. The world is so complicated. There's so much information, so many different things that you would like to know about. That's uh, you know you can't be expected to know everything about everything or even a bit about everything. Everyone out there has been taken in by false narratives or believes false things that they think they have every reason to believe. We're, we're just all in a situation where we're believing false things and there's nothing you can really do about it, right? Because you can't, you know, do a deep dive for six months on uh, every small topic that passes your way. But on YouTube, there is a endless amount of videos of people peddling every side of every story in credible ways. And what you gravitate towards can often depend on completely surface level bullshit. You know, you'd like the look of the person or that person said something nice before, whatever it is. Like, you're not necessarily judging things in a fair way to find what is most credible. You're gravitating towards what is most appealing for other reasons. You know, the conclusion is something that you want or whatever. Like, I'm sure you guys know this stuff, right? But I ran into this, at least a form of this recently. So. Today, there was a TikTok that went viral on Reddit where, you know that thing where um, Alex Jones is like, they turn the freaking frogs gay. Arr. There's this narrative where he says that and then, because this was ages ago he said that, then someone else comes in and said, you know, there's actually some legitimacy to what he's saying there because there are these chemicals that are used, uh, some sort of pesticide or whatever, where there's evidence, research, that suggests that this is having an impact on the um, the hormones and the, the, the genitals and stuff of frogs. Um, so while it isn't necessarily true exactly that this chemical is turning the freaking frogs gay, there is something under there. There's some actual legitimate research. And so when I saw this TikTok communicating um, that narrative, I was like, but didn't I hear something once upon a time from this guy, Miles Powers? That that research was never able to be corroborated, and the guy who um, uh, who'd, who conducted it conducted himself in a way that suggested that he was being somewhat fraudulent and secretive, and uh, there's no confirmed evidence that this is necessarily taking place. And so I I looked up this video again, and I I watched it, and I'm like, yeah, th this even today watching Miles Powers' video gives me that sense where this chemical, while it was presented in the news as if yeah this is certain 100% that this is having the impact that the research says. Um, if you look deeper into the research, that's not necessarily true. But then I watched this other video, right? That seems far more, uh, what's, what's it called? Um, Gay Frogs A Deep Dive is the new video I watched. Um, what is it, uh, Oki, Oki Stories or something? I put up on the screen if this gets into rambles, but um, I watched this video and it's, A, it's far better presented than Miles' video but it also involves discussions, interviews with actual researchers. It shows various different documents that were released because of um, freedom of information requests and whatnot. And watching this video, it, it recontextualizes a lot of information given in the original video that I watched that changed my mind, Miles' video. Um, and I came out concluding that, yeah, it does seem as though that uh, 
the research is likely legitimate. And attempts to say, oh, you know, th this research can't be corroborated is less because it couldn't be corroborated and more because the it affected the bottom line of various different companies. And they set standards specifically so they could disregard research that already existed to make things seem more murky than they, they actually were. While in Miles' video, it presented the, the corporation's narrative as something that was legitimate and uh, could hold up to scrutiny, in this new video I watched, it presented it as clearly this company is acting in a way that's not above board and they're just trying to muddy the waters so they don't have to take a hit to their bottom line. And at the end of it, while I concluded the second video is so much, is better presented and seems better argued and seems to have more research that went into it. At the end of the day, I still look at it and go, I don't really know what the case is. But as with most things in life, um, I, I would now move forward with the rest of my life, leaning towards the side that um, this chemical, atro atrazine, it does, it does likely, or at least it's suggestive that it is having negative impacts on reptiles, frogs, whatever. Is frogs reptile? I don't know, amphibian. And I'm gonna move forward with that general belief. Not being certain, but if it ever comes up again, that's the position I will uh, I will support. You feel me? And, th and that kind of annoys me that I can't be certain about even a topic as seemingly irrelevant to my life as this. I hate ambiguity in life, um, but, but life is ambiguous, you know? But this is just my little story of going from Alex Jones is a nut. Okay, maybe there's research to support what he, um, there's something tangential to what he believe, what he was saying. Oh, now I, I, the research actually is potentially fraudulent. Okay, maybe the research is actually legitimate. This, this is now the shift I've gone through. And maybe a year from now, I'll shift away from that again. But I, I, I would definitely have both videos up on, on, on screen. The first one that I watched is Miles Powers is Atrazine, Atrazine turning the freaking frogs gay. It's a three-part video. And then this other video, Gay Frogs a Deep Dive by, what's the guy's name? Huh? It's Oki's Weird Stories. Yeah, so I did get it close, okay. So as I say, you guys don't care about that story, but I just think it's an interesting example of how you know your limited knowledge on a topic can just have you floating around between positions, you know? But doesn't it disturb you, chat? knowing that we all have this propensity to watch stuff and believe it potentially uncritically or be taken in by uh, conmen or or people is is it's even it's even worse than that though cuz it's possible for a person to legitimately come to the wrong conclusion legitimately present themselves in a way that appears legitimate because they they feel legitimate and they they have done research and come to a conclusion that is false but they don't know it and so you're not going to know it either a person can be 100% truthful in what they believe and convince you of something false. And if you did the research yourself, you might do the research better and come to a completely different conclusion. Or you might do the research yourself and come to a, a, an even worse conclusion. The fallibility of the mechanisms by which we get information and, and conclude things about life, it bothers me every day. Um, it makes me just want to curl up into a ball and just, just not bother learning anything about anything sometimes. <laughs> like you meet people who appear to me to believe just endless amounts of false things. But you can just imagine how, you know, you accept one thing that you shouldn't have. Maybe you accept it uncritically, or you were convinced of it based on misleading evidence or false evidence, or um, just facts that were not contextualized correctly. And because you now believe that, it opens the door for all these other false things. 
that seem more supportive because there's one false thing. And then you're down this, this, this rabbit hole that's just a million miles away from the actual fact of the matter. And you can never really be certain yourself if you aren't on one of these tangents as well. But when you, when you dwell on this long enough, it makes you just want to never be, never conduct yourself with any level of certainty. Or you, you never want to come down hard on any issue. Like, oh, well, man, I don't know. I mean, could, anything could be true, I guess. But you can't live your life like that because sometimes you have to make choices, you know? And even worse than that, the people who conduct themselves with certainty, justified or not, are the people who get the most things changed in society, right? It doesn't matter how right you are, how justified your conclusions. If you're willing to conduct yourself in a confident way and fight for what you believe, you can actually make change happen in society. So being doubtful, uncertain about your conclusions, uh, <laughs> even if that's potentially what you should be, it, it impacts your ability to actually change the world and, and, uh, and, ach and achieve ends that you would like to see in, in, in society. Life sucks, you know? I've said it time and time again, guys. When I go down the, these rabbit holes of doubt and uh, lack of certainty about the future, I become more and more appreciative of the job that I have and, and the role that I have in society, um, being an entertainer and the support that I get from people, knowing that it enables me to, uh, to a greater or lesser extent, bypass the potential negative consequences of, of being wrong about things or people with wrong conclusions uh, what what impact they're going to have in society? Um, I, I can, I, I'm potentially not going to be affected by that at all. It doesn't make me any less empathetic um, or feel bad for others, but uh, I, I recognize the privileged situation that I'm in, where a lot of the negative aspects of society, of life in general, I can um, bypass because of the um, the fans that I have, the esteem that people have towards me, the the wealth that I am, am given from you guys. I appreciate it every day. Don't, don't you ever think that I'm, uh, you know, I'm, I'm not. So what if the frogs turn gay? What difference does that make? Um, well, for one, it can impact, you know, food chains and, and whatnot. But it's it's not only that, but it's the impact that it might have on humans. There's some suggestion that this this chemical, if it gets... I, 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 like, I'm not, I'm, I'm not into the research. I don't know. But certainly, the worry is if it's having negative impacts on, on animals or if it gets into the water or whatever, that might have... Um, uh, impact on humans as well and the degree to which that research is this I can't tell you but certainly this um, this company that uh, is responsible for selling this uh, this chemical they they certainly don't want conclusions to come that uh, would negatively impact their bottom line it's funny because the research done by companies isn't necessarily going to be bad right everyone has their own kind of bias in the sense of like, when a company is first making a product, obviously that company is gonna have an invested interest in knowing actually what that product is capable of doing and um, the negative repercussions that it might have because they wanna invest in, in sure things, winners, things that won't bite them in the ass. They, they want to know the facts. But when, you know, potentially billions of dollars are on the line, once they've already released a product, for example, it's that level of bias is gonna impact anyone who is receiving money from this company, whether it be explicitly they will attempt to um, distort things to, to benefit the conclusions they desire, or um, uh, they, like there's an implicit bias where a person will just inadvertently do something because they don't want to lose the money from this company, right? Um, it, like, so what, what, what I mean is, the, the line, this research was done by X company, therefore it's bad. I've never liked that reasoning. I, I prefer people to point out flaws in research rather than simply saying, I don't like who funded it. 
especially given that scientists also have their own biases, right? Like if you've done research on something for five years, and at the end of it, you find something that suggests that the last five years of your research um, is going to be completely meaningless. Like we, of course, want to believe that every person in that situation will be entirely driven by the desire to see humanity progress forward. But I'm sure some of those people are going to be like, man, this is my fucking career. This is, this is, you know, I don't have these five years of my fucking life. And um, whether they will skew things intentionally or unintentionally, you know, it's why science works best when there's um when people are as ignorant as possible in terms of their ability to influence their results double blind studies and, and whatnot and of course there's always you, you guys have likely heard of that the how journals only like to publish positive results and like when something, when something is actually found rather than something when something is inconclusive or um or, or they they don't find what they seek to find because they I don't know, do they just think it's boring or it's, just too, it's not cost effective to publish that shit, but whatever. Like, there, there are certain types of research and findings that are viewed upon more favorably in terms of their ability to get published. And that, of course, is going to impact um, what research is done and um, maybe can subtly impact scientists to, um, to have their results come out a particular way. Or, or they can interpret their results in a particular way, because all results need to be interpreted, you know? I know, I'm t I know why I'm rambling about this. It's just the ambiguity of life. You just don't know what to believe and whether anything, you can justifiably believe anything at all. And you know, because I, like, I remember going to university and be given a topic and you, just, you research it for like three weeks and you're like, you could research this for fucking forever and still not be certain about your conclusions. And you just dig into it forever and ever and ever. And you think if, if, if in three weeks on one topic, you still don't feel super certain in your conclusions. You, you think of every other topic where you've not put that level of research into, and you, you still have some conclusion that you hold, and you go, well, how many of these are false, you know? Buying a car from GTA 5, but in real life. I have been thinking about, as I've mentioned many times before, buying a new car. So I looked up how much all the cars cost in GTA, as in like all the cool ones that I like, and it's like, this car costs $200,000. This car costs $300,000. This car costs $2.5 million. I'm like, you know what? I don't think I'm going to get a car from GTA, as I originally planned. Because fuck that. I don't know what I'm going to spend on a car, but it's not going to be uh, six figures. I, I just couldn't imagine how much stress I would have driving around a car that was that expensive. Uh, I like driving around my shitbox, because there's there's no... I'm, no one's gonna steal it. If I hit something, it's like, eh, you know? Having a car even worth a modest amount of money, I'm gonna be freaking out, like, everywhere. I'm gonna want everything to stay a meter away from my car. Like, my mother's car, and probably worth $20,000 or something, I don't know. Someone, um, with a backpack must have leant against it, or moved past it, and they had buckles on their backpack, and it, like, scratched little grooves into her car and the cost of that's going to be hundreds of dollars and I'm just like my car's got all these nicks and little bits of paint missing and stuff and I don't give a shit I guess if I buy an expensive car and that stuff happens to me I just would not care but I don't know I don't like the idea of uh, purchasing something that expensive that uh, is so fragile relatively speaking $702 Big Mac suddenly $10,000 Big Mac exactly I mean, I have insurance, but <laughs> yeah, I want a car that's nice, but not expensive. Can you get a car for $7? <laughs>
Will I ever buy a Tesla? Not in Australia. I don't think there's enough support for um, electric cars yet. I wouldn't mind having an electric car. I finally got myself a Dark Souls editor. This isn't Dark Souls. I've actually got my next Dark Souls PB uploaded that will uh, come out soon. You can see me get a PB of over an hour. I doubt many of you watched the first run and I'm, I'm sure like less than half of the people who watched the first one are going to watch the second one, but still. I will upload all my Dark Souls PBs. I also like the editor that I found um, for the videos. Like, the editor is far from perfect, but you can, uh, he's, he's actually proficient in the sense of uh, he's already good enough. And the more he edits, the better he will become. So he's like as good as Martin or I were like a year, year and a half ago, two years ago, wherever the fuck we started. You like an editor, must be a code there. Hell yeah, it's, uh, it's a very rare thing. Do you run any other games? Uh, no, but the footage of me speedrunning Dark Souls 3 from like three years ago, four years ago now, um, is only just now being released on YouTube. I've got another episode of that coming out soon. I, I have my six PBs that I did for Dark Souls 3. The first one is out and the other five will come eventually. Yeah, but that's the only other leaderboard I ever submitted um, times for. My clip was too lewd for YouTube. My clip of a joke I made about tables got taken down from uh, YouTube for violating his terms of service. They really didn't like my joke. So for those unaware, there's a cutscene with Franklin on his side mission, where if you have low distance scaling set in your graphics, the table doesn't appear when the pop star is being fucked by this other dude. Or I guess they're both pop stars or whatever. And so the, it just looks like they're levitating while having sex. And a person in chat was like, why is there no table? Like, they're meant to be leaning on a table. And I was like, because she's a strong, independent woman who doesn't need no table. And apparently, YouTube really didn't like my joke, so they removed my clip. <laughs> Enjoying my older edits. You know, I get this kind of little bit of joy when people comment on my old videos, and they're like, oh man, that edit at this point, that was so funny. And I'm like, I remember that edit, and I get to go back and click it and look at it and, and laugh as well. A person, they were like, man, I, I burst out laughing on your Blitzplay video, the uh, the Joker edit. You know how, like, I um I spliced in the Joker from the Dark Knight driving the um garbage truck for the scenes where Michael's driving the garbage truck? It's just such a simple little edit or whatever, and I think, like, yeah, I find that funny too. It sucks when people don't put a timestamp, though, because then I have to find it myself in the video. I don't do enough um, creative editing outside of Pacifist anymore. Because a lot of, like, there's, uh, like uh, facts and glitches, you have to do creative edits on, you know, I, I, I don't do anything with the chaos highlights anymore. Because I just, I just upload the raw stuff. And if it wasn't for my editors being willing to do it, I, I, would, I would never release the highlights. But some people like them and they have some good edits in them, so. Character customization in GTA 5 and janky hitboxes. Have you considered you're failing these runs because you keep Franklin with the EER's haircut? Possibly. Possibly. And it's funny because I actually have time in this category to get him a different haircut. But the selection of haircuts in this game was really low. This game definitely could have used some uh, significant customization. Although, like I wouldn't want customization in this game of the uh, absurd levels that GT Online has. Where you can look like a complete fuckwit and it's uh, meant to make sense in the grand scheme of the game. Like you're doing a serious heist and you you look like some alien vampire guy and the person saying the heist does not acknowledge it at all. I want 
characters in GTA Online to legitimately look at you and go, what the hell are you wearing? Dude, do you know what an alien vampire looks like? Yes. Just changing the haircut effect to a hitbox. Now that would be funny. The less hair you have, the smaller your hitbox is. I mean, most games have it so that everyone has the exact same hitbox. And the character model that you have is just, you know, shown over the top of it. You wouldn't want situations like, uh, Objob or whatever his name is from 007, Goldeneye, N64. He was, like, short, like, half the size of every other character. And, uh, aiming down was very difficult with the N64 controller. So if he got him really close to you, he'd be like, you know, karate chopping your nuts. <laughs> and you'd have to, and he'd get the head start and kill you. When if the hitbox is bigger in San Andreas if you're fat? Yeah, suppose for single-player games, like when you want to make a consequence for getting overweight or something, it wouldn't be too bad. It, 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 I, I wouldn't be surprised in San Andreas that being fatter gave you a bigger hitbox. Obviously, I don't know that. Didn't go that deep into San Andreas. Hitman 3 has hitboxes that go around every curve. You can actually shoot between an ear. Oh, like, like in the neck or whatever? It's interesting. I mean, GTA 5's hitboxes are pretty good, right? Did you not see yesterday as my bullets would graze the side of people's heads and not kill them? Replaying San Andreas. Didn't go that deep into San Andreas. I am tempted to replay the game. My first playthrough did pretty decently well on YouTube, and I think playing it again, it do good as well. It's been long enough that I don't remember all of it. I'm sure when I play it, I would recognize stuff. The thing is, when when I think about replaying stuff or rewatching stuff, at the end of the day, what I really want is just new content in that world or in, in, in that game or in that style or whatever. Um, and I know I'm not going to be completely satisfied doing it again. Rockstar says expanded and enhanced will have significant improvements. Of course, I've heard about GTA 5 uh, expanded and enhanced and stuff. And uh, Rockstar apparently, oh, no, take, was it Take 2? Maybe it's because they're a public company or whatever, I'm not sure, but they have these um, calls, these conference calls or whatever, where they um, announce stuff to their shareholders and whatnot. And uh, Take-Two says that uh, the expanded and enhanced of GTA 5 is going to be more than simply a graphical enhancement or whatever. It's going to be a significant improvement to the game or something. I don't know the exact wording, but uh, they're talking it up like this is not going to be just, you know, them re-releasing re the game with a change to the shadows or some shit, you know? The relevant quote is, GTA 5 Expanded and Enhanced Edition will feature a range of technical improvements, visual upgrades, and performance enhancements to take full advantage of the latest hardware, making the game more beautiful and more responsive than ever. I wonder what they're going to do though, because when they move from 360 to um, Xbox One and or PlayStation 3 to PlayStation 4, that, that's re-release of the game. They did add new content, but it's all like mild, like not really important content. Like a handful of weapons, like a, a random events. Uh, and of course they enhance the graphics. It'd be very interesting if they have like um, like a small expansion. A small DLC. Like a... Um, like even just a DLC that you can complete in four hours or something. You know. They, they did add first person mode, that's true. That's true. Which, which uh, would take a, a bit of effort, obviously. But not that much. So th there were improvements, there were changes. But I wouldn't consider any of them to be ground-breaking, monumental kind of stuff. What I'm saying is, if they re-release the game with the same degree of changes that they did in the past, it won't be that impressive. It'd be interesting, but it wouldn't be super impressive. I'd much rather see even a small actual story DLC. 
Like, people will say, don't be too optimistic, right? But I think what they're going to release is at least going to be appreciated. Like, I don't, I don't think it's going to be a massive letdown. But that might be because people have low expectations, you know? Is there a release date? Not to my knowledge. I think they, they said late 2021 or whatever, right? So this year. Characters versus actors in modern movies. Do I like Marvel movies? They're just eh. There's too many of them. They're not special. What video did I watch that was talking about how TV shows and movies and stuff have changed? Where once upon a time, the main draw for a movie was the, uh, the actor. And so it'd be like, Jim Carrey is the Grinch kind of stuff. Uh, but these days it's like the, the IP, the character is the draw. You know, so it's all about, this is Thor's movie. There's, you see Thor, the God of Thunder, blah, blah, blah. You know, like the actors are recognizable, but it's the characters that are uh, the important draw for the, the movies. And I guess that's why all these superhero movies are of a preference for these studios, because they're so recognizable, these characters. And the characters can live long after the actor. Actor gets too uppity, want too much money. You can hypothetically get rid of them and uh, get a new actor in their place. Like there's only one, what's his, is Chris Hemsworth or whatever? There's only one Chris Hemsworth, but there's infinite Thors. Speaking on the actor appeal for movies and now it's characters, maybe it's because people care more now about characters and the deep story of them rather than superficial level of the actors playing them, keep up the content. Uh, I, th I think it's more that this is just the change from the studios and it's advantageous for them to have things be this way. And so the scripts are written to make the character the star as opposed to making the actor the star. You know, scripts aren't written for actors anymore. Or at least not as much. That's just my... Suspicion, obviously. I, I, it's not like I'm reading communications, emails from these studio heads or whatever. You bet. Seems that way to me. People in my chat now get timed out for greasing YouTube. So if you guys noticed that you get timed out now when you type "Hey YouTube," get timed out for like three minutes or something. I'm aware mentioning it will cause people to type it and be like, "Really?" and get timed out. But um, yeah, felt as though whenever I'm rambling and stuff, having people type some greeting in YouTube was clogging up the chat enough that I couldn't look over and see responses or, or whatever, right? At the end of the day, spam can be interesting, uh, but too much of it can make chat unreadable. Stargate, my favorite childhood show. It's unfortunate what happened to Stargate with um, those who own the rights not wanting to do anything with it, and they kept teasing the audience uh, uh, all the fans, like, oh, we're gonna make something next year, next year, next year, and then they make some, like, garbage online thing that's complete trash. The creation of an additional movie or additional series has always been, like, that so close to happening, and Star uh, Stargate Universe was cans before it really deserved to be canned, like, it was just getting its stride, and, yes, yeah, it's, it's too, too late now. What's Stargate? People don't know Stargate? Make a poll asking people if they know Stargate. No? 72% of my audience doesn't know Stargate. So basically, the rough story of Stargate is a long, long time ago, the Garwald, an alien race, came to Earth. And the pyramids are landing pads for their spaceships, right? But Earth is like a bajillion miles away from anything of value in the universe. Um, but the reason why the Garwald like Earth is because it, humans are like really good slaves and uh, really good incubators for their young. Because the Gorwald are basically like serpent creatures who 
grow to maturity within the stomach of humans. And the, the, those who have the gold within them are called Jafar. Like, the, the Jafar grows stronger because of their symbiote. And when the symbiote is old enough to uh, take a host, um, it, it then takes control of a human permanently, right? But basically, the Gullwald love humans as slaves. They move a stargate to Earth, and a stargate is basically a door that can connect to any other stargate in the universe by basically dialing it like a phone to another stargate somewhere in the universe. It is the best form of travel that exists. The Gullwald didn't invent these doors, but they, they use them to basically conquer a significant part of the universe. And because Earth is like a bajillion miles away from everyone, eventually there's an uprising on Earth. And so Earth buries their Stargate and they kill the Jafar and the, the Garwoods that, that's there. Oh no, the, well they flee, they, they fuck off because they're like, oh shit, the Earthlings are fucking killing us, whatever. And so they bury the Stargate and because Earth is so far away, no one bothers to come out to check on Earth and like what they're doing. They're like, uh, who cares? We've got we've got Earthlings now on like a bajillion planets in, in the universe. So why go back to the source of humans, right? Um, and so Earth develops to our modern day technology. Uh, you know, we got machine guns and shit. And this is basically unheard of. All throughout all throughout the universe, there are humans everywhere because they were seeded by the Gaur world. But humans very rarely gets to any level of technological development because the girl will just continuously use them as slaves. And eventually, modern-day Earthlings find the Stargate and they're like, what the fuck is this? This is like indestructible super technology with random symbols that we don't recognize. And then, then the government's like, wait a second, actually these do look somewhat familiar. These are the same kind of symbols that exist in, in the pyramids and stuff in, in Egypt. And there's this guy named uh, Daniel Jackson, who is a laughingstock of the academic world, because he's like, motherfuckers, it's aliens. It's fucking aliens. Come on, people. The symbols make it clear. This is bloody aliens. And they're like, ah, oh, shut up, fucking Daniel. Get the fuck out. And so the government's like, well, here's this nutball who thinks this stuff. Maybe he can help us, because the government's been trying to, to open this gate for, like, years and they can't do it and then they're like fine we'll get this fucking civilian to help us and so daniel jackson being a genius fucking comes in in like a week or two i don't know how it's a month or whatever he figures out that you need a particular sequence sequence of symbols and the end one has to be the the symbol of the planet you're on and he figures out how to open the door and so then it becomes a thing where the government is building teams in a mountain to go through this gate to look at all the other worlds that have, have gates on them. So obviously, there's heaps of gates out there, but some of them have been buried. Some of them like exist on planets that have been sucked into black holes. And so every episode, it's them trying to um, go through and explore into these, these new worlds. And so the, the worlds they go to are massively differing and you know, it's similar to the Star Trek, how they go down to a planet every episode. Uh, so you have, um, they, they find who actually built the Stargates and um, they battle the Garwald and uh, they're treated as primit primitives wherever they go. But because their technology is so different than the technology of the dominant species, the Garwald, they're able to do things that the Garwald don't expect. And um, despite their limited technology, 
they deal blows to gold and eventually earth starts to incorporate gold technology into their own technology and they find remnants of uh, other civilizations and incorporate their technology and by the end of the series you know earth has their own spaceships and stuff and they they go to other universes and stuff like the the, the law spans like hundreds upon hundreds of episodes how many seasons were there in the end between the different ones like 17 seasons uh, and, it, and it gets so little love compared to star trek and star wars and it's it's criminal because uh, it was it's so it's such an interesting world with so many interesting characters and i've only just like scratched the surface in just in I've, i basically described the, the the real most basic premise of the show it started with a movie and then that movie was successful and then led to a tv series and then that TV series went for a bajillion seasons, and then it had like two more movies at the end of it. Stargate SG-1 is the beginning one, yeah. Yeah, I did watch Stargate Lens. I, I liked I liked all the Stargate stuff. All of it. My favorite enemy, though, no, there's the, I have two favorite enemies. Baal, because oh gods, the Goa Wolds are um, the, the Egyptian gods are the Goa Wolds, basically, in in the in the lore in the show. So every uh, Egyptian god has its own Goa Wolds, right? Um, and Baal is the most interesting of those, but but the the scariest enemy and the one that used to freak me out as a bit as a kid is the replicators. So the replicators eat metal and are spiders. So like the first time they in, in, encountered SG-1, the main team, goes aboard this ship and there's just these mechanical spiders eating the ship and making more of themselves. And the stronger the metal that they they eat, the stronger they become. So they're just cannibalizing the ship, but also using themselves to make the ship better so they can go faster and travel faster to find other ships that they can basically crash into or shoot themselves into so they can eat that ship and make even more of themselves. And they just replicate themselves infinitely. And they can make basically anything out of themselves. The most amazing technology, because they themselves are like building blocks. And they can reform and, and it's... Oh. It's creepy. <laughs> but just, look, imagine, it's, like, it's, like, it's like basically an indestructible mechanical spider. <laughs> like with an, with an infinite supply. I really gotta rewatch that series. It's been so long. And I, I know I've seen like every episode like a jillion times. I'm sure it wouldn't hold up as well as I remember it. It's just, it was just my childhood show, you know? <laughs> Forbidden Lego, yes. <laughs> uh, I've only watched a bit of Star Trek. I'd always forget what I was up to and just kind of lose interest. I'm sure if I just had like a day to sit down and watch a bunch of Star Trek episodes, I could get back into it, but it's just eh. Like I, I preferred Stargate over Star Trek because with Stargate, humans are the underdogs and slowly work themselves up and beat uh, insurmountable odds. It's, it's like us in modern day, if we found uh, that aliens actually existed. When Star Trek, it's in the future, humans are so advanced and it's still interesting, don't get me wrong, but it's it's usually about humans being super powerful. Um, I, I guess I guess in a lot of places in Star, Star Trek, of course, they, they do meet things even stronger than they are, but obviously humans in Star Trek are usually coming from a place of strength and capability. When Stargate, it's like, oh my god, we have no idea what the fuck we're doing. <laughs> Let's kind of hope for the best here. You preferred Atlantis over SG-1? That's surprising. Not that I can remember a heap about it at this point. I do remember when they... um basically poisoned all of humanity to make it so they could no longer be used as a food source for the dominant uh, evil race of that universe which resulted in like half of humanity in the universe dying or something but it, it led to the extinction of um 
that dominant race or whatever, which is, yeah, anyway. That's like, yeah, no one cares, I'm sorry. The fuck? Oh, it's because, like, it's like a mad scientist dude who, like, really hated the dominant species, so he was willing to kill half of humanity to kill them or something. Be sure to like the video and subscribe to my channel. It costs you nothing, and I wish you all the best. Thank you.